0: From mass shutdowns to job site safety concerns, the global pandemic has transformed construction as we know it. As the AEC community continues to navigate this unprecedented situation, we're sitting down with construction leaders from around the globe to hear how they're responding to these evolving circumstances. Welcome to STO Building Conversations and episode four of the COVID-19 series. Welcome everyone. My name is Caitlin Tracy, and I'm the Director of Project Administration for Paverini Northeast. Paverini is part of the STO Building Group located here in Stanford, Connecticut, and today I'm talking to Brian Boyce, Paverini's Director of Operations. Brian and I worked together through the many challenges of COVID-19, and today we'll be discussing what it was like to continue working and building through the early stages of the pandemic.
1: Oh, thank you, Kate. This has been a, a, a difficult time the past couple months. Definitely something new that I've never experienced in my 36 years working for this company and in this business. But first, I'd like to thank all our, our Paverney employees. This is something you and I and obviously the company has never experienced before. And without their effort and working as a team, we would not be successful operating during this pandemic.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. You're right. It was a great team effort and the whole Pavarini group certainly did do an admirable job. It does bring up a good point. Unlike New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Connecticut never fully shut down. So from your perspective, what was it like to continue operating through the height, you know, the true height of COVID-19?
1: COVID-19, Kate, yeah, pretty interesting here. I think the mandate, if you remember, came down on a Friday night and COVID-19 was definitely hitting the New York and that tri-state area. It was pretty bad. So the governor of New York mandated that all non-essential construction was gonna get shut down. I think they were saying New York sneezes, which they were, this is COVID-19, it's hitting New York now. Connecticut and Jersey are gonna catch a cold. So they're gonna follow and they did. That night, Jersey followed and Connecticut followed that evening as well, shutting down all non-essential projects. Now, I think the more we dug into it, you and myself and Mike Malanifi, you know, Mike, our regional vice president, and, and they, we broke it down. So, essential work in New York, we knew include healthcare. And we were doing some hospital and healthcare work in New York. So, we understood that those jobs are going to stay operating. But we also investigated Jersey. Uh, Jersey education stayed essential. Uh, we are doing, or we were doing, a school out in Englewood. So, now at least we knew that staff would be reporting back to work on that Monday. And then we, when we got to Connecticut, Connecticut mandated any ongoing construction was deemed essential. So that probably kicked us in the pants a little. All our jobs in Connecticut were still running. So what did we do? You and I, we obviously shaped up for work on Monday morning, not necessarily knowing how we're going to attack this, but we're, we're operating in full capacity in Connecticut and partial in New York and New Jersey.
0: Yes, Brian, it certainly was a day-to-day kind of situation, right? I mean, things were changing daily. State after state kept announcing that they were shutting down. We were surprised that connecticut didn't how were things around the office at the beginning
1: so yeah kate we we were we were definitely surprised and again we were reporting to work that monday Um, we had decisions to be made because covid 19 was now in our lives right if you remember i think monday the first thing mike did the leadership team was they gathered all the office staff we got administration the estimators accounting and asked them if they were more comfortable working from home. You know, people had kids we were worrying about. People have some older folks living in their homes. The fear was bringing COVID to your home or actually from your home, bringing it into work. So we gave everybody an opportunity to make a decision, work from home or work from the office. And I think, Katie, if, if you recall, I would say 99% of the staff elected to stay in the office. When you walked in the office that Monday, the building started to, to change. You know, they put out a lot of signs. There was definitely cleaning stations. We did have social distancing. We tried to separate people at the coffee stations. So they, they saw we were reacting right away. And then that was, I think, the comfort level that really decided for the majority to come to work on a daily basis. Now, at the same token, we had to make a decision, Mike and I on the field staff, our supers, our managers and some of our labors. And I think the best decision we made was keeping all that manpower reporting directly to the projects and just reporting in. Obviously, we would speak to the managers and the supers each morning, check their manpower, check for any exposure from the staff or people on the job. So that worked out well. We separated the office right from that first week and all that field staff. And it was just the communication reporting in, via phone calls or go to meetings really defining everyone's role and what we're doing out there on a daily basis.
0: Absolutely. It was certainly challenging and I think that the key was Pavarini's main priority was the safety of our staff. Um, So I think that's why people felt comfortable coming in, Brian. Um, You guys really did a phenomenal job reacting on a day-to-day, case-by-case basis.
1: Again, good point. We were talking to our supers and managers on a daily basis every morning, reporting in. We did have protocol from corporate on how to handle any exposures, you know, because this is obviously all new to us, anything that came down from CDC or from OSHA, for instance, you know, a contractor is exposed at home or somewhere to COVID and he's bringing it into the job. How do you monitor that? How do you react? Do you shut the job down? Do you clean it? Do you fog it? All these, you know, items, we don't even know if they were feasible. Did they work? But we had introduced them. Temperature scanning, we bought a scanning device. We scanned all the contractors arriving on the project. Um, Social distancing, how do you treat masks? How do you treat when uh, manpower on lifts together? Do they wear shields? And proper wash stations. Obviously, being a little more proactive, uh, now that we had our feet wet, we knew what to anticipate. It kind of helped and encouraged the manpower to go to work that given day, knowing they were working on a clean site.
0: Yeah, you're right. You were operating with a number of guidelines, right? We had our corporate guidelines, we had OSHA guidelines, you had the CDC, you had to look at the New York State guidelines, you had to look at Connecticut guidelines, Jersey guidelines, so that there was a lot of information out there. So to know what actual right. ones to follow was a bit of a challenge.
1: Right, and we had to make a decision on a daily basis given the job. Decisions had to be made. And we learned from week to week we were making different decisions, I think, as we got a little more, more exposure, more knowledge of what we were up against.
0: Right, right. And then the other thing I'm sure, Brian, you had to deal with was as the surrounding states were shutting down, did you run into any kind of issues as far as labor supply from subcontractors, maybe material supply? Was there issues with that or transportation? How did that affect our jobs?
1: Well, it's interesting because you would think that, yeah, our jobs are active. There was a lot of manpower at home. You would think you'd be able to man projects, but it was actually the opposite. And hate to use a word, but we were lipping along. You know, we had a gear jobs back up even though i had the manpower there was a supply chain problem now you had manufacturing plants in the tri-state area and in pennsylvania that were supplying our jobs were shut down so you know i'm managing manpower i'm managing with the material i have on the job only and we're lacking material it's it's just now extending the projects and that's what we were facing
0: right so I also noticed in like many of the other industries COVID forced us to adapt in order to continue meeting our project requirements and our client needs, right? Can you talk a little bit about some of the innovative solutions that Paverini has been leveraging during this new normal?
1: Well, we know that from when the pandemic hit. All our clientele, our consultants, architects, everybody's now working from home. So you have this problem, how are we going to communicate with everybody? I know the team initially we established the go-to meetings To get on the phone, converse with the client, with the architect, kind of convey or ask any questions because we're still out in the field building the project. Now we have a Mataport camera. In the past I've experienced where we shared uh, Mataport through presentations, scanning some existing spaces, so I figured why not try it here. What we did is we picked a job, was pretty busy at the time. It's a base building project, so I scanned the entire an interior, it scanned the obviously anything that's roughed in above the ceiling still during the course of construction, Scanned all partitions, the facade. And it was pretty neat because by doing this, uh, scanning your rooms, your open areas, you can basically see the progress of the project. We scanned it for this particular job. I think we did it once a week. We shared a link and the client was able to see the progress. What was great about that was through MapWork, the 3D scan, the digital scan, we were able to do our finances. I was able to bill and everyone can see the progress on the job. The client was actually able to take that tool um, and create project reports, field reports, to respond back to us, hey, check this, check that. And it worked out great. So we ended up introducing a pretty deep tool to communicate with the client and the owners as we progressed on the project. You know, we're in the field, but everybody else is in go-to or they're at home. But at least they're seeing the progress.
0: Great, great. You do you think that these digital advancements, you know, that we had to make and use during a period of social distancing, you know, such as Matterport and performing virtual tours, presentations, will continue post-COVID? Are these tools that we will continue to use in our business and in our industry?
1: Uh, Kate, I definitely think so because you know, late March when this all started to today, we. I've been doing interviews and they're not in person anymore. There's obviously online and i give you a, a perfect example. We had an interview with a consultant out from Chicago. We were pitching a job in Greenwich, Connecticut. So we proposed let's use Metaport. similar to what I did out in Jersey. I can scan your space I can show you progress. We'll scan it weekly. I can scan it once a month. And with Matterport, because it's 3D and digital, you'll see partitions in place, progress, anything above the ceiling. You can, Obviously, it's scalable. You can see what I'm building above the ceiling. They bought into it, and I think for that particular presentation, that definitely secured us winning that project. So, in my opinion, it's a great tool, and it will be in the future.
0: Neat. So, as we had said earlier, construction pretty much paused across the Northeast, except for Connecticut. When it was time for the other STO offices in the tri-state area to remobilize, did they turn to you in Paverini Northeast for advice?
1: Well, I, w- I do know from the onset, Mike was on the phone twice a week with corporate and all the various offices. Uh, they were breaking down what was happening in their particular offices at the time. But in addition to that, Mike and I got together with just the tri-state area, the South Jersey office the Jersey office and Boston, knowing that Jersey was partially open with essential work. We know Boston was completely shut down. And then us Paverini, we were operational really in Connecticut, and then partially in the other offices. So sharing information was a great idea. Boston, they kind of brought to the table, shutting down projects, they shut everything down, they had a protocol in place, and they shared it. If you recall, Kate, Mike designated us to establish a COVID task force, and we did. Grabbed we a couple of managers and two estimators, and we established a team. We were gonna sit down and write our own COVID plan. You no, know, we had access to CDC and a lot of their information. We had access to OSHA. We had a lot of information from corporate, you know, like protocol on how to react uh, when guys got sick or our contractors got sick or were exposed. So with all this information, we built a COVID plan. We wrote it in three weeks and we kicked it out. I shared it with Boston. They thought that was a great tool to have. And once we kind of like finalized it, edited it, and really shared it with our team, clients got wind of it. They're definitely excited. They didn't have anything. So they asked us to share it with them. And it was neat, Katie, that you and I had that already in place. So we were able to share it with our clients. And I guess I gave everybody a good comfort level. These are kind of unprecedented times, and you got at least you have a plan in place on how to deal with it.
0: True. And it had pretty much your lessons learned in there. I mean, you had established the protocols for our office. So that was a good tool. So what do you think are the lasting impacts of this situation of COVID, both near-term and long-term for us, Pavarini and the STO Building Group?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Me personally, I don't see this going away. Mm -hmm. I don't think Sometime, obviously, it's the new norm. I think that's out there. Mass social distancing, um, staying safe. I think we adapt as a community as a whole. We're smart. We learn to adapt going forward. I mean, look at what we got now. We're, we can't even exit New York these days, right? The pandemic is hitting other towns like it hit New York. And if Sorry. you remember, if you remember um, the pandemic in New Rochelle, you and I were working in New Rochelle. It was in Bergen County. I was working in Bergen County. All the hospitals, we were working in a hospital right across the hall from an ICU.
0: Yeah, we, you were certainly in all the hotspots. <laughs>
1: we are in almost every hotspot in this tri-state area. It's an area it sometimes. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's where we stand.
0: Well, Brian, that's all I have um, for today. I appreciate you joining us um, and answering some questions on, on COVID.
1: Well, Kate, thanks for having me today. It was pretty neat talking about this conversation. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the future.
0: Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can find STO Building Conversations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Structure Tone website.